Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. What do you think like? Like when you think, what's going on in your head? Did you ever think about that? Lately, I've been thinking about how I think. And what I learned is most of my thoughts are just all swirling around at once. And then I spent some time talking to Eric Mizell. He's a psychotherapist and a teacher and a coach. And he works a lot with um, theater people. And he wrote books called Fearless Creating and the Van Gogh Blues. And he has this device that he uses with his students. And I've been using it. It's very simple. When you need to think, even if you're in the midst of chaos, in your mind, create a thinking space, a room, and then decorate the room. You might have different rooms for different kinds of things that you think about. Lately, when I've had to make a decision, please don't think I'm crazy, I go into this room in my mind. It's actually, it looks just like my bedroom, but it's clean and there's no dog hair and the bed is made. And then I make everything in the room white and then I make the room like five times bigger. And then I put in this imaginary room in my head, this beautiful white chair and then I sit in it in my mind. And from that spot, I can picture myself in a clean, beautiful white room. I can ponder whatever it is I'm thinking about without distractions. It's like you create a very welcoming space in your mind for thinking. Yeah, I know, it sounds crazy. It sounds better when Dr. Eric Mizell talks about how he came up with this. Well, I've been working with performing artists for 35 years now, and I've always been aware of the extent to which they pester themselves with thoughts that aren't serving them. And the way that thoughts are dealt with nowadays most usually is through cognitive behavioral therapy. That is, you hear a thought and you do something with it. You try to block it or you try to substitute some other thought. But I thought there's got to be a better way than just arm wrestling every thought to the ground. And then it occurred to me that maybe better than wrestling with the thoughts would be to change the source of those thoughts so that you'd actually think different things. And it popped into my head to use the art of visualizing as the way to do that. Visualization as an art has been around for three, four, five decades now. Started in Northern California in a certain hospital where patients were advised to visualize their healthy cells defeating their cancer cells. So it started out as a medical intervention. But then over the decades, everybody visualizes. You visualize a better tennis game or climbing the corporate ladder. Everybody knows how to visualize now. So I thought we could use that technique to visualize the room that is your mind, picture that room, and then redecorate it, redesign it, make that room be the way you want it to be so that when you entered your mind, you would have a a better time than you usually do. How long does it take for one to redecorate and redesign their mind? Fraction of a second, so to speak. That is, if you just take one aspect of redecorating, let's say your walls are dingy and you want to paint them white, well, you can paint them white in an instant in your mind. Or let's say that you're used to when you go in there sort of lying on a bed of nails that everything in there feels hard and pointy well you could get rid of that bed of nails in a split second and replace it with an easy chair so this is super fast if you wanted to do all the visualizations in the book i think there are 60 or 70 or 80 well that'd take more than a fraction of a second but if you just wanted to do one thing like install windows 
so that a, a nice breeze blows through and gets rid of those musty thoughts. If you just wanted to do one thing, it takes no time at all. All right. We are talking to Dr. Eric Maisel, and we're talking about redesigning your mind. Now, I'm wondering, what should my mind look like, or what do most people's minds look like? I'm not sure if I've ever paid attention to what my mind looks like. Exactly. Uh, what do most minds look like? Chaotic, lots of small thoughts jumbling about, necessary thoughts like I need to pick up my kids at three or the lawn needs mowing, or lots of thoughts jumbling about, a sense of chaos and disorganization, and for my peeps, for my creative and performing artists, an inability for their good ideas to percolate up because there are too many other ideas bouncing around and and circulating. As I say, not just negative ideas, but just so many small ideas. Every, Every thought we have grabs neurons and it prevents us from using our whole brain for our real work. So most minds are more chaotic, noisy, unsettled, uncentered, and anxious, and blue, than we would like them to be. Every thought we have gathers neurons. So- sure, that's what, that's what a thought is. A thought is just 100 million neurons gathering to do a bit of work. And we have billions of neurons, which sounds like a lot and <laughs> is a lot, except when every thought grabs 100 million of them, no matter how many billions we have, a lot of, a lot of neurons are stolen by all of our small thoughts. And it's why, by the way, it's why dreams are often such perfectly edited films, because we get our whole brain back while we're sleeping. So we're using our whole brain to make those little movies in ways in which we don't get to use our whole brain during the day. It kind of explains why sometimes dreams are so, are, are so much more creative and imaginative than our waking thoughts are. All right. So when I sit down to spend some time with my mind, what could it look like? Should I picture something particular like a room? Yeah, absolutely. I think you should. I'm not sure about should, but one could picture a room, picture entering it. You can use the light switch that you use to light your room. You can have it double as a calmness switch. I think that's an interesting visualization where you imagine yourself walking into the room that is your mind and flipping that switch and just instantly feeling calmer because most people are not feeling particularly calm nowadays. You could visualize yourself taking off your heavy overcoat, which would be sort of symbolic of not having the room that is your mind be as despairing a place as it is for so many people nowadays. So you would take off your heavy overcoat, flip on the the light switch, which would be a calmness switch, and go to your easy chair so that the experience of being in your mind would be easier rather than harder. This is so fascinating to me. I have to admit, though, my first thought was, great, one more room for me to clean. (laughs) (laughs) But you can clean it in a fraction of a second. Let's say you make a mess and you... You drop that. You, you drop that croissant. I mean, this is all in the mind. So, that is that is the beauty of this: is that we're working at the speed of light here, and so uh, these things don't. These things really do not take very much time. When would I use this? Like every time I needed to ponder things. I think that's a good way to say it. Any time that you wanted to engage in some real thinking or some real creating, or if you just wanted to learn something from yourself, most people censor their own thoughts so that they don't really know what they're thinking or feeling. That's why, you know, if it's a room, it has corners. And so I have in one corner of the room a speaker's corner, like the speaker's corner in Hyde Park in London where for centuries people have been allowed to say whatever they like without fear of reprisal. Well, you should have a place like that in your own mind where you can say things to yourself without fear of reprisal. 
So many people are censoring their own thoughts. So whenever you want to have a conversation, an important conversation with yourself, you would go to the room that is your mind and have that conversation in a new, peaceful, calmer way. Right, right. Do people avoid this kind of work? Because I feel some resistance coming up in me. 100%. We, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're both tricky creatures and habituated not to do the heavy lifting. It's also difficult to tolerate um, unpleasant thoughts. It's really, if you gave yourself the exercise of trying to think of some, real, some thought that you know you ought to be thinking but don't want to think like, I need a divorce or I really should go in for a medical checkup. One of those thoughts that you really don't want to notice that you ought to be thinking, none of those thoughts are easy to, to contemplate. So we're def- Freud knew a lot of, th- Freud didn't know a lot of things and he knew a lot of things. And one of the things he did understand, I think, was our defensive nature, the way we defend ourselves from our own knowledge. And so this mechanism of using guided visualizations is one way to sort of get in a fun way, I think a whimsical way, get under the radar and get under our own defensive mechanisms. Nothing else is necessary. Actually, once you get the idea, uh, you can do it yourself, so to speak. I think folks listening to this conversation sort of instantly know what to do. They may not do it for reasons we just said, that it's hard to institute a new habit or to deal with our own defensive nature, but it's, it's a simple process. Don't even need the book. I mean, please get the book, but don't even need the book. It's just a simple idea of visualizing your room as a mind and then having that room be exactly the way you want it to be. A safe space, a calmer space, and it can have all kinds of really interesting stuff. Like if you just picture a chest of drawers in that room and each in each drawer you have some important things, like let's say you play different roles in life, creative and performing artists often do where they, they create, but they also have to be salespeople and what have you. Well, then you could have a drawer of hats where you put on a different hat depending on the role you need to play in that given moment. You can use this device in all kinds of, I think, interesting and useful ways. Let me go back to these uh, performing artists that you work with. You said they often have intrusive thoughts. What are those like? I'm not talented. It's too late. There's too much competition. Why am I doing this? Who needs another poem? And it's all day long. I think most people are pestering themselves, especially if they're not getting to their work, if they're disappointed in the amount of work they're getting done, if they're disappointed in their career trajectory, if they're just down. A lot of people, I think, feel cheated by life. That may be sort of a large way to say something, but I do think a lot of people feel that. They may not say it that way to themselves. And so a lot of their feelings are around disappointment and regrets and and unfairness, that life is just not treating them fairly. And so all of those thoughts have to be dealt with so that we can live a more purposeful and affirmative and happier life. That's Dr. Eric Mizell. His website, Eric, E-R-I-C-M-A-I-S-E-L.com. He does creativity coaching, all kinds of cool stuff. All right, so go decorate your thinking room. And while you're thinking... Say hello to Bradley Nelson. You know Bradley Nelson. He's pretty famous for The Emotion Code and now his new book, The Body Code. What this is all about, it's about using not only your mind, but your subconscious mind to find out what's going on in your world. This is all about muscle testing, and muscle testing is something very simple you can do by yourself. Muscle testing uses just a few motions. You ask yourself a question, you test your strength around it. 
either using your own hands or maybe working with someone else who pushes down on your arm, or maybe you use the full body pendulum method like my girlfriend Dana does. The subconscious mind holds all the answers, but sometimes it's hard to reach. Enter Bradley Nelson. His books, The Emotion Code and now The Body Code. Well, the first book, The Emotion Code, is strictly limited to finding emotional baggage and getting rid of it. You can learn from the book the whole process, how to find uh, the emotional baggage from your childhood, from your divorce, from your difficult relationships, from your bad job, from the years you were bullied or abused. You can find all that emotional baggage with the emotion code. You can also find emotional baggage that you might have picked up during the time that you were in the womb, that your emotions your mother was experiencing. But also, you can find and eliminate emotional baggage that you might have picked up at the moment of conception uh, that was given to you by mom or dad that they might have picked up at their conception from their mom or dad. And sometimes those energies can go back for generations. So that's the emotion code. So with all of this um, baggage energy, is having baggage just part of being human? Well, yes, it is part of being human. But the beautiful thing is that when you start to remove that emotional baggage, what you find is that physical symptoms like neck pain and back pain and migraine headaches and low back pain and other things like digestive disorders and asthma and all kinds of physical and mental and emotional difficulties like depression and anxiety and phobias and panic attacks and PTSD and eating disorders and self-sabotage, all of those things we find can be helped. Uh, what we're, what we're seeing is anecdotal evidence from around the world that emotional baggage seems to be a big underlying cause of all these things. And so getting rid of that emotional baggage, while emotional baggage definitely is part of the human experience, getting rid of it can really make your human experience into a better human experience, we'll say. Right. And that's where the body code comes in, because all these symptoms we have are carried in our physical bodies, or many of them, right? Well, right, exactly. And during the years that I was in practice working with people day in and day out trying to find out what was really wrong with them, I found that there were really six different kinds of imbalances that my patients were suffering from. Uh, one of those, for example, is misalignments. And I was trained as a chiropractor and trained to find and remove misalignments of any kind of uh, any bone in the body. But then I found that any tissue can become misaligned. That's one category. Another category that will make sense is what we call nutrition and lifestyle. So if you're deficient in a certain vitamin or mineral, you're not going to be as healthy as you could be if you're dehydrated or uh, maybe you need a certain essential oil. Another category is toxins. If your body is toxic, maybe you had mercury fillings as a child or maybe you've been exposed to pesticides or herbicides or, you know, really the reality is uh, we all have toxins in our bodies and getting rid of those is important. That's another category. Another category out of these six is what we call circuits and systems, and that has to do with the organs and the glands and meridians and so on. Another category is energies. That's where trapped emotions reside. There can be all kinds of energies in the body that shouldn't be in the body that we need to get rid of. And then the last category is pathogens, and that's viruses and bacteria and fungus and parasites and things like that. So the bottom line you see with the body code and the emotion code is that the subconscious mind within you knows exactly what you need. If you need a certain 
vitamin or a certain mineral, if you've got some kind of infection going on, if you need uh, to have some kind of a toxin eliminated from the body, if you've got emotional baggage, whatever it is, your subconscious mind knows with a perfect understanding uh, what that is. And getting rid of those imbalances is the secret to living a long and happy and healthy life, I believe, and also uh, to get healthy again. What happens now for most people is, you know, they might be diagnosed with some kind of a disease or they know they don't feel well, they know they can't find love, they know they can't make money, and uh, they don't really know why. But the subconscious mind within each one of us knows exactly why. And with the body code, we now finally have a roadmap that enables us to query this internal computer to ask questions and get answers. And uh, it's actually really easy and uh, it's easy enough. Kids can do it and it actually works. There's a story in the book that I, that really, um, gosh, it, it broke my heart a little bit about this woman who had suffered with migraines for 20 years and you gave her an alignment and adjusted like a bone in the back of her head and her migraines mm-hmm. went away and she was like relieved but also so angry that she had suffered for so long with these migraines. That's one of the issues that you talk about. I can understand bone alignment. Tissue alignment is new to me. Tell me what that's all about. One of the understandings in alternative medicine for many years has been that uh, organs in the body, for example, can become misaligned. And uh, it's something that can actually have a big effect. I remember I had a, a patient that came into me once who'd been in a car accident. I started working with her. I could didn't seem to make any headway with this pain. She had pain from the, on the left side of her neck from the base of her skull all the way down to her shoulder. And it was about a nine on a zero to 10 level. And no matter what I did, I couldn't make a difference in this pain. And I sent her next door. There was a, uh, in our building, there was a, a, an MRI center. She had an MRI scan and her neck looked absolutely perfect, textbook perfect. And she still had all this pain. Back in those days, I was just beginning to learn how to talk to the subconscious mind and get answers. And I started asking some questions and getting some answers from her subconscious. And of course, this is all explained in the book and anyone can learn how to do this. And what I found, her subconscious came back with this uh, idea that her heart in this accident had become slightly misaligned. I was able to figure out how her heart was misaligned and I just gave up a nice tap in just the right direction on her sternum, on her breastbone, and instantly that pain was gone. She actually became my office manager after that. <laughs> yes, I would think she would want to follow you everywhere. Yes, indeed. Absolutely, 100%. Now, tell us about the process that you say is so simple, and I believe this to be true. Walk people through the process that helps us see what our subconscious is holding on to. First of all, you have to understand that we all have two minds. We have a conscious mind, which is where we spend all of our waking hours. When we go to sleep, the conscious mind shuts down. And what's left is the subconscious, which never sleeps. And that's the part of us that is digesting our food and creating millions of new cells every minute and so on. To tap in, to ask questions of the subconscious mind is actually pretty easy, but there are a number of different ways to do it. One of the ways that people do, uh, one, of the, one of the methods that people will use to tap into the subconscious is with something called a pendulum. We teach how to do that in the book. There are other ways. Uh, one of the ways that you can do it is through something that we call the sway test, where if you stand up and you're very relaxed, hands down by your sides, with your eyes closed, Uh, If you think about things that are positive or negative, or if you ask questions of your own subconscious mind, 
yes answers will tend to make the body sway forward. No answers will tend to make the body sway backward. Uh, another method that we teach in the book is something that we call muscle testing, where if, for example, if I were there with you, Casey, if you were to hold one arm out parallel to the floor and resist my downward pressure on your arm, uh, yes answers would appear from your subconscious mind as strength, and no answers would appear as weakness. So... This is one of the ways that we, we uh, get answers from the subconscious mind. You can also, uh, there are a number of methods where we teach you how to do this on yourself, and you can get answers on your own body. So, you see, I used to be a computer programmer starting in, a, starting in 1980, uh, which dates me, but uh, I've been doing this a long time. And the subconscious mind is essentially a binary computer, which means that um, you can ask any question you want, but the answer can only come back in the form of a yes or a no, or in other words, through strength or slight weakness. So for example, if I were there with you, if you were to hold one arm out parallel to the floor, and uh, if I were to ask, is your name Casey? And if you were to try to resist my downward pressure on your arm, you'd be able to resist it. You'd, your arm would be strong. But if I were to ask, is your name Bob, for example, your arm would weaken. And so you can ask questions this way. And this is kind of a, uh, it's something that's been known about since the 1960s. And a lot of people have had this experience where, um, that, you know, they've actually done this kind of thing. But what we have found is that you can use this very simple method of asking questions and getting answers from the subconscious mind, and you can ask any question that you want. You can get all kinds of information about what's really going on in the body. We're talking to Bradley Nelson. His new book is called The Body Code. I have a girlfriend who does this in the supermarket. She'll go into the produce department and she'll hold up some, I don't know, say blueberries, and she'll uh -huh. ask her subconscious, is this what I need this week? And she waits for the yeah. sway forward or back. So if you see right, anybody absolutely. swaying in the grocery store, that's <laughs> they might be asking their subconscious. Um, so I should ask my subconscious why I have allergies. How would I go about that? What kind of advice can you give me from the book? Well, using the body code, what you can do is you can simply ask a question um, like this. Uh, well, first, let me explain. The subconscious mind is basically a search engine like Google. And so you can ask questions. And the more you do this, the better you get at it. But what I would do is, um, if I were you, you could ask a question like, for example, is there, uh, looking at the body code map, um, in the book, which is, has got these six major categories on it, um, you could ask, is there an underlying reason why uh, I seem to have these allergies? And you'll typically get a yes answer for that because there are always underlying reasons. And so then you might ask, well, is this reason, now the subconscious mind is, has a reason in mind, and you'd ask, is the reason on the right side of this chart? And uh, maybe your body sways forward, or maybe it sways backward. Uh, maybe you find that it's on the left side, and maybe you're taken into the energies area, and maybe you're taken to a trapped emotion. So in other words, um, as you ask these questions and you get yes and no answers, you can very quickly drill down into the book 
or into the app. It's also an app, uh, the Body Code app. And you can very rapidly drill down to the underlying reason for whatever it is that's going on. And it might surprise you. Uh, you might have an allergy because maybe there's some emotional baggage. Maybe you were, say you're allergic to shrimp. Uh, I saw this uh, recently on somebody where they had a, an allergy to shrimp and it was because of a trapped emotion of grief that uh, had actually happened when they were eating shrimp. Mm-hmm. And so they were feeling this emotion of grief while they're eating the shrimp. And so the subconscious mind kind of connects the two. And uh, by releasing that trapped emotion, that allergy went away. The body code is really just a simple way for us to be able to access uh, all the information that is inside of us. It's just really amazing. Bradley Nelson. So you get the idea. You get the book. In the book, there's a chart. You ask your subconscious if the issue you're having has to do with anything on the chart. You go through each one individually, muscle testing. You know, I tried this, and it's amazing what bubbles up from your subconscious when you really take the time to sit down and ask it. And if you like, you can sit down in the imaginary room you created with Dr. Eric Mizell. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Shine On. Spring is here, and retreats are planned for July and August. Find out more at caseysplace.com. Our thought for the day is from Joseph Murphy, who wrote The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. He said, busy your mind with the concepts of harmony, health, peace, and goodwill, and wonders will happen in your life. Shine on.